It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. And um, clean up from hour number one. Cameron, just give me a thumbs up if that taco's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, somebody said I've been uh, clean up from hour number one. I was telling a, a, a little bit about what happened with the technical issues, uh, both with some equipment and also with uh, also with uh, the uh, the Ethernet cables and the internet the internet wiring. Uh, that's happened on campus lately. They've had and and there is a theory, by the way, that some have traced to back to the ice storms that said that some moisture got in and started up with that because we didn't really have that problem in the fall uh, during the Sark pressers. We didn't. It it really started when we got you know on into the spring, February, March. Well, uh, you talking about this this athletic year? Yeah. No, we had we had that problem, but remember we uh, we found when we were doing the show from the press box, we found the one port. That, yes, that yeah. was one bad port out of the deal and at DKR, and and yeah. and again that went to further the point that it wasn't just about dish fog. When somebody said football gets all the money and blah blah blah, blah. no, uh, technical issues happen. Uh, they they do it a variety Stuff of areas. Happens. Yeah, it does. Uh, for the, the, someone uh, saying the signal doesn't sound good, somebody in Dripping Springs, Willie Nelson, cutting in and out on your broadcast. Hey, if anybody is going to cut in and out, I'm okay with I'm Willie. Okay with Willie being heard uh, doing that. Doing Three that. Three words. Uh, yeah. Horn FM app. Yeah, I mean it does <laughs> it does make a difference, uh, and you know a lot of people. You know, really like, uh, really like the app because it's it's pretty clean on that. Um, I'm a nostalgic person. I'm an old soul. I'm not that damn nostalgic that I'm going to sacrifice. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> even like when I'm in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I know I can get the ticket on their various frequencies, but I'm just so used to listening on the app that I just listen keep, on the app. Keep the app uh, somebody said, Jeff, I grew uh, grew up in the Berg. That's Pittsburgh. Tend to agree about the fries on a Primanti Brothers sandwich. It's all in personal taste. There you go. I mean, total I, like agree. I said, I've had other stuff at Primanti Brothers that I think I made. Did I have a burger there? Maybe? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I've had that, and I like most of their sandwiches. I'm not a real big fan of sandwiches, believe it or not. Not a real big fan of just getting turkey. On a sandwich, I do like the leftover Thanksgiving turkey sandwich, like Les Miles. No, if you're about. gonna go turkey, you gotta go like you gotta go ham or something else on it. Yeah, because it's just it doesn't do enough for me taste wise. It's turkey, turkey can be dry. That's it why be, like it can also be a little dry. That's what's underrated about some barbecue places. Like if you if you get yeah. one that does turkey right, yeah, like it's a little got a little juice to it. Yeah, then, yeah. It, it, it's good on that. Uh, somebody else when I was talking about the ballparks, and I, and <laughs> and I said if you. I said, really and truly, for anybody that might have a complaint about Dish Fog Field, I said, go around some of the Big 12 parks. And I mentioned Dan Law Field. And then somebody said, we were at Dan Law Field on Saturday. It's a completely different experience than the Dish. It felt like a high-end high school stadium as opposed to a Big 12 program. It's it's a small facility, that sort of thing. And, and that's a deal where they've kind of made an improvement here and they made an improvement there. But it doesn't feel like a, a, a hugely upgraded ballpark. 
that sort of thing. The visiting radio booth is in is in one of the coaches offices that has a garage door that lifts up and you're even with the bag at first. Hey, <laughs> so has, it's it's you know has A&M, they do what they can. Has A and M ditched the Olsen Field moniker? They just go straight Bluebell it's Park. It's Pat now? Olson Field at Bluebell Park. All right, but they just call it Bluebell, right? And I and I tip my hat to them because that's the, what they've done with that is really oh, nice. Yeah. That ballpark is really nice. What they've done with it, they had quite the slugfest with Texas State last night. Mm-hmm. Bobcat scored five at the top of the first. Aggie scored five at the bottom of the I first. Was following that on the Twitter machine last and, night. And, and when I got home, I watched uh, the end of that. I was watching. How about TCU having to play at Tarleton last night? Went down with Stephenville and I, played there. I wonder what Tarleton's baseball facility looks like. Not bad for especially for you know transitional division 1 uh, program type thing TCU had to rally back to win that game 9-8. Well, I tell you what you talk about upgrading baseball facilities it looks a lot different in San Marcos than it did about 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk you talk about a oh, that, yeah. that was a high school equivalent stadium. The old Bobcat ballpark. Yeah. Uh Texas will be there Monday night. Ty Harrington has already said sold out. Places oh, sold out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not real big, so it's not going to take that much. As I would see, it's but like, you're going to have like, 3,200 or the something. The overflow crowd of the, yeah. uh, the softball stadium. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be it'll be quite the vibe and the buzz and the atmosphere on Monday. It always is when Texas goes down there. Yeah. And, and there'll be a good buzz on Tuesday when the return game. Mm-hmm. They play the back to back Monday night in San Marcos, Tuesday. Um, at UFC Dish Fall Field, it'll be a lot of fun. It's a fun series. Yeah. We, we getting Herberts on Monday? I think that I think we made the commitment to do that. Okay. So I think we kind of have to uh, do that. Uh, uh, somebody listening on the apps is a, de- a delay on the app, but I love it. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about a delay in the ball games? No, no, no. You just if you're just like listening the, to us to delayed, what's? I mean, you're not syncing us up with anything. It's just us. <laughs> no, like I think they were talking about during uh, yeah. during the game. They were listening. Yes, to the, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which, that's fine. And and listen, my wife will be the first to tell you if she can sync it up, almost anybody can, and she does. She'll sync up the. It's uh, most of the time. It's as simple as pausing your live TV and letting the delay on the app catch up, and then you unpause it. Presto, here's it's synced a, up. I'll tell you what, Craig. Here, John of the Bay brings up a really good question, and I played this in the. Uh, I played this game with some of my media colleagues in the oh, baseball yeah? press box last year. Yeah, can you? How many member schools in the WAC can you name? Um. <laughs> all right, let me try. Hold on, hold on, because the WAC has undergone quite the transformation. Mm-hmm. Tarleton is one. Yes. Sam Houston is one. They're transitioning out, but yes, current member. Stephen F. Austin. Yes. Uh, let's go New Mexico State. They are depart- a departing member. Departing member, okay. Uh, Cal Baptist. Yep. Um, let's see. Who else? There's there's other ones out there. Oh, uh, uh, Utah Tech. Is that the one that used to be Dixie State? Yep, okay. that's the one. Uh-huh. Utah Tech. Uh, Southern Utah? Or are they still in the summit? Southern Utah's in the WAC. Okay, all right. Uh, a couple of these I knew. A couple of these are still members from when Texas State was a WAC school. So there's a Valley one, and there's still Pacific Northwest. Oh one yeah, yeah. Do UTRGV is in it? Yep. And Seattle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Who have I left out? Uh, Abilene Christian. Oh yeah. Okay. Grand Canyon. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Seattle, Tarleton, UTA. UTA. UTA yeah, moved out. Uh, of Cam, did you mention UTRGV? 
Yeah, we Craig did. did. Craig, Craig did. Okay, and then uh, Utah Valley. Yeah, yeah. So the former Dixie State. Yeah. Or no, Utah Valley, different than Utah Tech. Yeah. Which, what an, uh, any conference that goes from Nacogdoches to Seattle. How about that? And, it's rather far flung, isn't yeah, it? Calls a, has a lot of ports of call between there. It's, yeah. That's just that's wild, man. Utah, Utah Valley wound up reaching the semifinals of the NIT. Lost to UAB, who then lost to North Texas, who won the NIT championship uh, this year. Uh Somebody said, why are other college baseball teams on the varsity app and Texas baseball isn't? Because Texas baseball is on the Texas Longhorns app. You can listen on the Texas Longhorns app, and it's free. So when you're an elite school, Craig, you get your own. (laughs) Yeah, there you go with your elite. (laughs) Sorry, I had to poke the bear a little bit. So so will road games be on LHN this year? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> the, the road Cam, if I, if I if you were not joking, I would have probably just gone back there and just dumped you right in the junk. Somebody said I listen every day in DFW, so I have to use the app. Never any issues. Yeah, so there you go. And and uh, the other thing about the delay on the app, the texters. I mean, in general, compared to the FM, yeah, it's going to be a little behind it. Yeah, Cam, you uh, you are you the Eastbound and Down fan? I still haven't watched it. It's on the oh, list. Oh man, see, I, I'm not the biggest Danny McBride fan. Like I understand, really? his, with you there. I understand his humor. Oh. I just got to be in the right mood. Same okay, thing with yeah. Righteous Gemstones and Pineapple Express. Yeah. Just just like, love me some Danny McBride. Yeah. Uh, so so we said, does the University of Tom McKay on retainer to handle and install some audio equipment? Wish they did. Yeah. They don't. Pluckers. He's, he's Pluckers done, done a lot doing. of that. At, uh, Pluckers. So uh, uh, CB points out Mattress Mac was a Longhorn. He was until he transferred to North Texas. He played for Hayden Fry, and North Texas. He talks about how he was. There with Coach Royal, part of that national championship team, and then he he uh, transferred to North Texas afterwards uh, because Mac will tell you uh, Jim McInville. He will tell you because I was on the team, but I didn't play. Hey, how really. many how many collegiate alma maters do you claim, Craig? Four, four. Okay, because somebody last week while you were gone, somebody uh-huh. didn't know that you were a North Texas grad. Oh, that was the last of the four. Yeah. Um. The uh, the other school that I attended, the second longest attendance I had was North Lake College in Irving, which, by the way, got to the, I think it was the D two National Junior College like Final Four this year in basketball. Wow, okay, I was their PA announcer when I was in high school. So they, what's the North Lake mascot? They're the they are the Blazers. Okay, the Breaking Blazers. I remember I was trying to get one of the guys when I was in theater there to come to one of the basketball games, and he goes, "What's the team name?" It's the Blazers. He goes, "Why is their mascot a sport jacket?" I was like, don't come. Okay, just don't, don't, don't come. Forget we had this conversation. So I said, I love Angry Craig. When he was the fan the week of the Texas-Arkansas game. I forgot about that. What happened the week of the Arkansas game? I don't remember game? that. Did you go off on somebody the week I, of the Arkansas Maybe game? I did. But <laughs> police chief Craig reacted like Sark at the Alamo Bowl when the gentleman put his hands on him. We still haven't. You know, we haven't asked Sark about that because by the time we got to meet with yeah, Sark after the bowl, after so much that, had passed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so there you are. So, uh, so he said, "What's the deal with the terrible LHN telecast of the baseball game? Freeze frame." Watching, watching Bijan run on uh, Sports Center right now. Man, ah, well, there you go. Could have missed the hell out of that guy. By the way, go to Horns twenty four seven. Get that uh, update on the running back battle. There you go. Which is going to lead us uh, to the break. When we come back, uh, we do have our uh, Flex thirty update. 
And then uh, we'll have a longer notebook. We're going to hear from Ryland Galvan and also some more from Sark. We'll do that when we continue to light the tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Webb and Jeff Howe light the tower. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, because I think I'm better than you. Ah, the, the late Charlie Daniels. Y'all ever heard the devil went down to Jamaica? No. The devil was looking Johnny, for something a little different. Going oh, down I see. Okay. Okay. My broadcast partner on uh, Longhorn Basketball, Eddie Orton, tells the story about Charlie Daniels. Um... He's big Tennessee Volunteers guy. And, of course, Eddie's brother-in-law is uh, David Cutcliffe, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Coach Cut at one time, offensive coordinator, of course, tutored the Mannings and all that sort of thing. And he said when, when Philip Fulmer was coaching the team and and uh, Coach Cutcliffe was the offensive coordinator, Charlie Daniels would occasionally walk in the locker room and he would always just say two words and he would walk into three words. Good game, Coach. Then just turn around and walk out. <laughs> It? Good game, hey, coach. speaking of which, now that I think about it, how come Eddie wasn't getting beaten over the head wondering where Arch was going? Uh, who said he wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not around. You're around Eddie more than I am, so maybe you Eddie just knows that. how to process all that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Know? As opposed to me, who apparently, like somebody said, the, the Arkansas game. We had to think about it. Jeff and I had to think about this. What got me exercised during that Arkansas, it was one of the texters, Accusing me of being a T-shirt fan, have <laughs> been broadcasting games around the program for thirty-three years, but I was a T-shirt fan. That's <laughs> a result of that. That's that's what that was. We had to think about that. Yeah, to, to get that uh, during. The and you break. mentioned it, and then it, it kind of yeah started jogging some things. Yeah, uh, CB said, "Hey, it was thirty years ago today that Chris Weber called timeout." Oh man, one of my uh, crushing sports moments of my youth. One By the way, shout out Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson, I know, listens to this station from time to time. He's still in the area. One of my uplifting moments in my young adult days, because I was still, you know, a fan of North You're Carolina. You're a young man still at that point, correct? Yep. And uh, so, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I the Fab Five was going to get their title, and then at that point you realize, oh, man, it's really not going to happen. Here's the things you have to remember about that. Uh, April 5th, uh 2000 and, uh, or excuse me, 1993, 30 years ago. Here's the thing you got to remember about that. Uh, North Carolina was up to 73-71. Michigan comes down. They get Weber trapped in the corner. North Carolina had only committed three team fouls to that point. Dean Smith said we were going to foul them, foul them, foul them there in the waning seconds. Anyway, in fact, they were about ready to foul. Yeah. And when he called the timeout. So, 
and that was a timeout they didn't have and technical foul and all that kind of stuff. So I think Carolina was was preparing to not give them a clean shot to tie or take the lead there at the time. But I understand why folks look at it as like a lost opportunity, even though North Carolina had the lead yeah. there in the waning seconds. The, the only t- <laughs> the only time I've heard Chris Weber reference it, and it was hilarious, he was doing uh, – color commentary for one of the NCAA tournament sites. Yeah. And it's a late game situation and maybe it's Kevin Harlan, I forget who's the play by play guy, but he says, And Chris, this is a situation where you gotta be aware of timeouts. He's like, Yeah, trust me, I know what that's like when you need to be aware of timeouts late in the game. <laughs> Probably the only reference he ever made to it. Right. Because he was bitter for a long time about that I deal. I think in a lot of ways he still is. Yeah. Well he's not on the NCAA tournament coverage anymore. No, and he and Jawan he and uh, Jalen Rose have their little Yeah. But I really, I really liked him as a broadcaster. I really did. He was good. I, I, I thought he was a really good analyst. I, I liked him that. But you remember? Here's your trivia. Do you remember the guy who made those technical free throws to Donald Williams? Away? No, it was not. Uh, Pat Sullivan. Good, good yeah. on you, Pat Sullivan. Knocked down those. It was a Carolina team that had Donald Williams, who was the outstanding player, uh, the MOP. But it had Jeff George McKinnis, Lynch, George Lynch, Phelps, Kendrick Rodel. Yeah. Was Serge Wicker on that team? Serge Wicker was on the team. Henrik Rodel, you mentioned. Uh, Dante Calabria. And uh, Eric Montrose. Kevin Salvadori. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and Montrose, yeah. So, anyway. All right. Yeah, that was 30 years ago uh, today. Somebody said, hey, he traveled first anyway. They yeah, did. they did. They, and they didn't even call that. That, you know, the, the Fab Five guys that have talked about it, yeah. uh, they said that's what they theorize is that he got freaked out when he wasn't called for traveling, thought he did, and then just. His immediate instinct was just dribbled. dribbled he down said the floor. he heard somebody yelling from the bench timeout, which is entirely possible. Yeah. There could have been a GA or somebody else that wasn't aware of the deal. You could even see, like, uh, I know Michael Talley was one of the guys on the yeah. bench. They're signaling timeout. Yeah. And there's like three or four guys, and when the timeout gets called, they're like, yeah, good yeah, job, yeah, Chris, yeah. good job. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, all and right. When I'm waiting for the text on my brother to say, you know, according to the NCAA, that never really happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, although, the, what their banners are back up now? Are they really in Ann Arbor? Weren't they, I, I thought I'd remember mm. that they were putting those back up on that. Uh, while Jeff researches that, we'll go to our Flex Thirty update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, Cam, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but now get down to the nitty gritty in the playoffs. Regional semifinals, regional finals in these playoffs. Uh, and um, and that involves teams from the area like Dripping Springs against Laredo Alexander. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those. And um, I'm trying to see. Oh, here it is. The details on that on where they're playing that uh, Sweet 16 matchup. Uh all it says is it's Friday night, 7 o'clock. Okay. So, anyway, so Drip in, involved in that. Uh, so, they're in the uh, Sweet 16. Winner of that is going to get the winner of uh, Pasadena Doby and Jordan? Or is that in the – no, no. I think it would be San Antonio Lee. Yes. Yes. And Re- Rivera Raiders. Yeah. That's, I'm saying that correctly. Yes. That's Brownsville Rivera. Yeah. 
Uh, on the 6A side. Yep, that's on the uh, 6A side of that. Um, 5A side. In, uh, now, remember, 5A, of course, includes Region 3. And that's where Pflugerville comes in, mm-hmm. or Connolly comes in, right? Uh, so They beat Lhasa last week. A great run for the Liberal Arts and Science Academy. Absolutely. The boys' side. So Connolly plays uh, Wisdom, and uh, that contest uh, also will be Friday, but it's uh, Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. That's in the uh, Sweet 16 in Region 3. And the winner of that gets the winner of Full Share and College Station. That. Meanwhile, you got Rouse. In Region 4, playing Brownsville-Lopez. And that's going to be Friday evening at 7 o'clock. And the winner of that gets the winner of San Antonio Southwest and Mission Sherryland. That's on the boys' side. Yeah, Rouse is the district champion. They're a really good squad. Um, I think out of the team, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Drip make it to state. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rouse make it to state on the boys' side. Really? Okay. All right. Uh, meanwhile, on the girls' side, uh, you got Round Rock yeah. against uh San Antonio O'Connor, or Northside O'Connor. That's Westwood. I said Round Rock. That's Westwood is playing O'Connor. And uh, uh, that is going to be 1 p.m. And uh, yes. kickoff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's 1, one o'clock on uh, Friday afternoon. And the winner of that plays the winner of Round Rock and San Antonio Taft. Mm-hmm. So Round Rock's playing Taft, and it's Westwood playing O'Connor from the north side there in your uh, 6A regional. So you get a couple of Round Rock schools there with an, with an opportunity uh, to advance. And um, on the uh, girls 5A side, Leander against McAllen. And uh, they're uh, playing uh, about Friday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's a fun one. <laughs> For Leander. Uh, playing the winner, that gets the winner of Smithson Valley and uh, McAllen Memorial. So, um, uh, and then you have on the the Region Three side Georgetown against Barbers Hill, and that matchup will take place eleven o'clock Friday morning, and the winner of that gets the winner of Belton and Port Natchez Groves. So, uh, soccer action to six A and five A regional semifinal level. And if you're looking for the locations, are it looks like uh, for the boys all of the for the. Uh Rouse game will be Brownville Sports Park, which is the same location that Leander will be playing McCallum. Georgetown is playing Barbara Hill at Turner Stadium. Craig, you know where that's at? Because I don't. Yeah, that's okay. uh, that's in Aldine. Okay. And the, then, in the greater Houston area. And then the Blossom Athletic Center with the Blossom Soccer Fields down in San Antonio. That's where Drip, the boys, are playing Alexander. So some great action for it. And then real quick, mm-hmm. uh, Flex Show of the Night, 7 o'clock, Craig. Uh, me and Zach Lucero, Nolan Hogan. Yep. And also, Round Rock announcing their new head coach, Cody Moore, the former yep. defensive coordinator, taking over Jeff Chief and taking over as, I believe, the athletic director. Or For Round Rock ISD. Round Rock ISD. Yep. So Moore, the new, the, the new head coach, he was at Stephenville for a little bit, a great mm-hmm. 4A program. They actually beat LBJ Austin two years ago. So Cody yep. Moore, the new head coach. A lot of moves in the coaching carousel in the state of Texas for high school football. Lest we forget... Boys 4A Sweet 16, the Polar Bears. There we go. From Achieve. Yes. Austin Achieve. They play Hidalgo, and that's going to be Friday, 4.30 in the afternoon in uh, that regional. That's at Cabinets. That's down in Corpus Christi. Okay. Where, where they're playing uh, that one there. And they get the winner of Bernie in Corpus Christi, London. Uh, the winner of that would uh, would meet on that. Is so. the Polar Bears the coolest Texas mascot? I think the hippos are up there. Well, it's cool, but there's a cooler Polar Bears in Texas. Frost. Oh. Frost polar bears, get it? Mm-hmm. That's 
That runs together. Yeah, like yeah. That. It, it, okay. it really makes sense. Frost polar bears actually kind of makes more sense than Austin and Sheep polar bears. But it's okay. It's a good name. What was Florence, Jeff? Buffaloes. Okay. The yeah. purple buffaloes, right? Yeah, purple buffaloes, yeah. Yeah, the purple the the purple buffaloes. All right. Uh, there it is. There's your uh, Flex 30 update with your uh, uh, state tournament soccer pairings now down to the regional semifinals and regional finals this weekend. Time now for the second hour notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Okay, yesterday a Longhorn baseball gets the win. They uh, defeated Air Force 7-1. Ryland Galvan is a guy, speaking of from guys down along the Gulf Coast, played, of course, for Adrian Allenies in that state championship program at Sinton. And uh, says he's learned quite a bit as... Uh, he is kind of understudying, you might say, under uh, Garrett Gilmet, but playing. And I think David Pearson done a good job spelling him in, working in while keeping Garrett's bat in line because it's been hot of late. Had him as the has as the DH yesterday, and and then Galvan uh, hit his third home run of the season yesterday. And interesting conversation that he had with Ty Harrington after the ball game. Tell us a little bit about what your approach is hitting wise. Uh, just trying to stay through the middle of the field, let the ball get deep, let it travel, you know, uh, just be on time for the fastball. And if I can get something off speed, kind early, but those balls is a fastball, so I was able to uh, let it travel, get deep, and eventually go over the right field wall. All right. You've been the midweek catcher and, and in, in film on Saturdays as well. You get more comfortable behind the plate and get more accustomed to your pitching staff as this goes along. Yeah, just trying to go out there uh, in the days I catch and just make uh, our pitching staff as comfortable and trying to make them better each day I go out there. And that's the main goal is just try to be the best guy back there behind the plate. And whether I hit or not, that's just a bonus right now. But right now, just trying to go back there, be the best guy I can behind the plate and make my team better and um, help our team win. Got a quick turnaround with conference coming up, coming out of last week with Oklahoma State. You guys came out today with a little bit of fire offensively, you know, coming out of there. And so moving forward, your thoughts, your confidence, is you as an individual and this team moving forward into this weekend. Uh, just try to come out here, play my role as best I can, and uh, give the guys a chance to win while I'm in there. And uh, going forward, I feel like we're in a really good spot. You know, after we're kind of um, felt like, you know, we really, really didn't lose that series in a way, but we kind of gave it to them. And we felt like we definitely could have had that series one, but uh, we feel like we're playing really good baseball right now and keep winning moving forward. How yeah. often do you call Coach Alanis after games like this? Oh, I usually text him on a daily. We're texting on a daily basis, so uh, he he gives me a text or we get on a call, and it's always good to talk to him. Yeah, that's a really cool uh, uh, moment there talking about how he and uh, Coach Alanis uh, text pretty regularly. Hey, Adrian Allenies draws some high praise from none other than uh, our broadcast partner on many Longhorn uh, baseball games, and you hear him obviously uh, doing the play-by-play on Longhorn Network Television, our own Keith Moreland. He says he believes Adrian Allenies can be a collegiate head coach. Really? He's that impressed by how he's worked with the guys. He said that guy can coach at the collegiate level. He He could be a guy that could do that. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. He's a great high school player. Yep. Uh, we know he was a great pitcher at Texas, played pro ball, mm-hmm. and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and is already an accomplished and championship high school head coach. That is all the modern. Might be able That's to awesome. take – yeah. All right. Um, so uh, there's the baseball thing. And, again, cross your fingers on this because of the weather forecast. But the plan is 630 tomorrow night, 630 
Friday night and noon Saturday would be the start time of the three games. And it's a real tight window. So for folks who don't know the rule about the Big 12 Conference, well, if they get rained out, the rest of the weekend is supposed to be nice. You just make it up on Sunday. That's not the way it works. <laughs> From the time you land, you basically have three days. They don't put a, a stopwatch on you and say, you got 72 hours, go. They don't do that. But you can't drag it into an extra day. Yeah. I I got a feeling we might be playing two on Saturday. And if they play two, may have to start at 9 in the morning. Yeah. Because... Uh, it, from what I understand, Kansas State has a commercial flight to get out in time to Gene play. Taylor, time. come on, help your guys out, help the conference out with the standings. Yeah, get them a charter. Yeah, that'd uh, be nice. Um, let's talk before we hear football because I, I want to hear the start cut about uh, edge rushers, which is another position. I'm going through all the a lot of the position groups that fascinate me this spring. Actually, we need to hear about David Benda and the edge rushers. Um, switch it over and do some defense after talking offense last hour. Quick basketball note. You're, this is where you're going to start hearing about some guys and their plans. You know, you've got Dylan DeSue, uh, Dylan Mitchell, Arterio Morris. Those guys have some decisions to make uh, as far as their futures go. You'll start, and you already are with some of these guys, start to hear some buzz. You'll start to hear because this is the week that RT was supposed to sit down with those guys and have That's the right. exit meetings. Right. So this is when you'll start to hear, hey, maybe this guy's coming back. Maybe this guy might be looking at his options. Maybe he's going to do the draft waters but keep the eligibility bit going. So yeah. just keep an eye on that stuff. I do know, Craig, I did talk to someone in the building yesterday very, very briefly, and it sounds like it's just been, you know, every because a lot a lot of guys that you talk about, assistant coaches, support staff, a lot, of, a lot of people until RT for sure was getting the job, they didn't know what their status was. So right. now it's a lot of, okay, now that you know that you're in, Plus, now you're behind on the portal because you were playing games while a lot of other people were in the portal. It's just been a lot of catch-up this week for yep. the staff. So uh, everybody's kind of drinking through a fire hose over there. Expect today and I think maybe by the end of the weekend, by the time you get to the weekend, everything will start settling down a little bit. But it's been uh, it's been a crazy few days yeah. in the basketball facility, as I was told. So yeah, just keep yeah an eye, I would imagine. Keep an eye on that. Uh, let's go ahead and hear these two cuts from Sark. Craig, my, again, my g- candidate for the John Harris <laughs> out of nowhere award in 2023 is David Benda, and I asked Sark about him yesterday. And also, you'll hear him talk about Keaton Crawford. I didn't. I I mentioned Keaton's name, but how refreshing is it for he and the staff to have fourth, fifth year guys that you can count on? They didn't get in the portal. They've kind of paid their dues, and now reaping the benefits of some patience. Sark got into all of that on this cut. I think David's had a had a good spring, but I think it started for David in winter, right? Um, I think he had a good winter conditioning. Uh, I thought he was he was very intentional uh, in his approach, not only from a physical standpoint in the conditioning aspect of it all, but also in in, in getting with Coach Choate and digesting the scheme and, and what it looked like and, and how we wanted him to play. Um, and it's showing up. You know, he he is playing. He's playing good football for us. Probably the best we've best version of David Benda that we've seen to go along with a Keaton Crawford. I think this is the best version of Keaton Crawford. He's still doing what he's always done on special teams. He you know he blocked the field goal Saturday, um, which is what we always expect of him is the special team stuff. But um, what he's doing in the secondary now um, is very comforting to know that a guy can grow into that position. And the beauty of it is with those guys, they've earned their opportunities. Then now they're getting their opportunities, and and they can be a model for a younger player who, living in this world of instant gratification of they show up and why aren't they starting now? Well, here's two prime examples of guys that have grown into a role 
um, and have worked at it to to now contribute to the team. And so, hey, I, you know, again, we're very appreciative of it because we invest a lot in our players, you know, from the moment they arrive. Um, and so when they stick it out one year, two years, three years now in their case, uh, and now they can reap the benefits of the work they've put in, the investment we've made in them in, in all capacities of life, um, I think it's a win for everybody. And I was gonna, we we're going to have some more audio, but uh, we'll save that for tomorrow on the edge rushers and, and get a little more into the Texas defense. But that's a lot of the stuff we've been talking about all week and really through all spring, Craig. Some, of those, vet, some of those veteran guys. And we'll hear some more from Sark uh, tomorrow. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. We're out of time. Fact, we're over time. Cat pee smell dissipated throughout the show, so good news on that front. Yeah, there you go. Bucky Gobble, pick up your trash, though. <laughs> Coming up next. Put it in the receptacle. Chad and Zay. For our man behind the glass, our producer, Cameron Parker. And from a co-host, Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Wade. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock right here on Light the Tower.